0: Keaton Slovis and Nick Petty are injured Pitt battled but lost to Tennessee Derek Kyler might start against Western Michigan There are so many things at work here Let's talk about Pitt's quarterback situation And what we can learn from the Tennessee loss It's all coming up today on this episode of Locked on Pitt Our Locked on Pitt Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers Part of the Locked on Podcast Network Your team every day Welcome to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, I am your host, Nick Fairbaugh. And listen, folks, lots to talk about after the loss to Tennessee. It was a tough one. That was a tough game to watch because you thought after you heard Keaton Slovis went down at the end of the first half on a massive hit that, quite honestly, Pitt probably didn't have much of a chance after that. And then they come out, and they fight, and they fight, and they fight, and they fight. And of course, they do fall short and lose 34-27. Frustrating game. It it really was a truly frustrating game. And so, really, when I look at what you see from this pit team, there was... No moral victory. First of all, I want to get that out of the way. I don't really believe in moral victories. Um, It's not really a thing. I get what people are trying to do by relaying that type of thing. But there really isn't. Pitt gave away this game just as much as Tennessee gave away this game in lots of ways. right? Tennessee obviously muffing a punt, um, bad punt protection, missing tackles. But Pitt did it a lot too. The offense was so stagnant that they gave away the game. The offensive line wasn't very good. The quarterbacks, you know, Keaton Slovis was pretty good, I thought. Um, And then there was definitely some things where he gave things away. Like on the fourth down, he probably should have hit Gavin Bartholomew um, for the first down. Nick Paddy was inaccurate and appeared to be very nervous. Oh, And once he starts to get comfortable, he gets a high ankle sprain or something of that sort. The reporting, of course, right now is that that is a high ankle sprain, which is a really tough injury, to be quite honest, to play with. I don't care uh, what position uh, you are, to be quite honest. If you have a high ankle sprain, man, that is hurting, and that is a tough one to try and play through. But Mm -hmm. he wasn't good pre-injury or post-injury. Obviously, post-injury, very, 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 very tough to play on. Um, but then you you saw the offensive line get things down on defense. That second quarter was really bad in terms of tackling. Um, Henning Hooker turned two yards into eight yards. Um, we saw lots of screens that should have been maybe one yard turned to seven, eight yards. There wasn't really many big plays that were caused by best tackles, um, which I did like to see, but this was very Miami-esque from last year to me. Um on that defensive side of the football um, where you kind of saw Tennessee realize we don't actually have that much success down the field in this game. And we're just going to hit you with screens. Now they did eventually get some success down the field, but it was really just a Cedric Tillman. Um, Brew McCoy had one catch down the field as well, but Pitt's defense played pretty well in this game. Um, I am, I am actually very, very encouraged by Pitt's defense. Uh, I thought that they put in a really good game. But the one thing they got to stop doing, man, and this is an issue for them, not just this year, but last year too. And I put stock in this because it's so many of the same players. Um, They just give up massive quarters. Like Miami last year, Western Michigan last year, all in the first or second quarter, they just allow – These huge quarters. Um, Wake Forest, I know they won that game, but Wake Forest, um, Virginia, like you look at all these games. Pitt won some of them, of course. But you can't be giving up like 21 points and then give up 7 or 10 the rest of the way because that, that hurts you. That digs you into a hole. It's better if Pitt is playing ahead. So that's the one thing for the defense. Uh tackling is, is a big thing as well. But this pit defense needs to learn how to somehow get some consistency consistency throughout four quarters. Um, these big quarters are killing this pit defense that's otherwise, quite honestly, quite good. Um, so I I don't know what to do there. It's a weird phenomenon where it's almost always the second quarter, it feels like where pitches gets thrashed. Um, so they got to figure that out. But obviously the biggest thing coming out of this game is slow is getting hurt. And sounds like it's a concussion, which is both concerning and not concerning. Uh, not concerning in the way that it shouldn't be all that long-term, right? It's not like he tore his ACL concerning in the way that he's had two previous ones. Um, so, Is he really going to be ready to play? And quite honestly, I'm a huge advocate for when a guy has histories of concussions like that, that you at least hold them out one week, if not two weeks. Um, It's not as much about seeing Pitt win at that point, as much as it's making sure Keaton Slovis, the man is okay. Um, That's the biggest thing for me to be quite honest with you. I want to see Keaton Slovis be okay. And so I don't know if it's smart to play him this week. Um, The test, though, good. Uh, That would be great to see. Um, But we obviously have to see if that comes to fruition. Um, And so when you actually look at what Slovis did, though, in that game, I thought you saw a lot of improvements uh, from Keaton Slovis in that game. I thought Keaton Slovis looked a bit more comfortable. He certainly made a few more big-time throws. Um, the, the the wheel route to Bartholomew is a really good throw, bearing down on the pressure. He's getting crushed just play after play, and Keaton Slow is throwing dots. Now, there were two big issues that I continue to see, and I expect to see them all year. Um, I talked about his lack of ability to go from one, two, to three in his progressions pre this season, it's been an issue since he it was at UC, and it, it really is. His internal clock this is not very good. Um, he holds onto the ball too long, and if he has to go off his first progression, man, he's in trouble. Um, th- there's really no other way to put that. He kind of panics a little bit. Um, so I thought that was an issue, and I thought that was his biggest issue. Uh, in the fourth down sack, that was probably on him more than anything. Um, holding the ball too long when he had his hot read being Gavin Bartholomew right there in the middle of the field. So, I I think that Slow has played a lot better though, and truly I do think that if he plays, I think that Pitt. I'm not gonna say they will outright win because you never know really what happens. Um, but I would definitely feel like they would have a great chance to win. I'll say that. Um, it's certainly I feel a lot better about the offense coming out of this game. Uh, it moved a lot better. They created explosive plays. They really t- started to. to to kind of change what they were doing as well post Stoves' injury. And I thought that iteration of the offense was obviously tough to watch, but Israel abandoned Canada was amazing. Um, But I want to discuss a little bit about this offensive line because I think it's a tough thing to evaluate. But first, folks, let me let you know about BetOnline because BetOnline is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. If you want to bet on Pitt, Western Michigan, it's right there. Kick the over on Pitt. Take Western Michigan to cover whatever you may want to do, you can do that. BetOnline is also your continuing source for all your sporting ways you information, including live sports, eSports, and scores. The latest and easiest way to check out all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the to website your bowl device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast as we are discussing this pit team because it is such a fascinating team. It really is. And that this game was a weird game. If you had told anyone, I, I truly believe this, you know, I don't want to panic because here's the thing. First of all, we talked about this game even in the preseason, and I said, guys, listen, if Pitt's gonna lose the game, this is gonna be one of them. And so it's expected. I don't think anyone's all that surprised by Pitt losing to Tennessee. Um, but it's also in the fashion that it happened. Um, I think anyone, if you lost your two top quarterbacks, pretty much, because Nick Patty, man, power to him playing through it, but it was tough to watch the guy play. Um, through a high ankle sprain, it really was. But the bigger thing for me here is when you actually look at what this game transpired to be. It is disappointing because Pitt had the opportunities to win this one. Pitt could be two zero right now. Absolutely, they had a they had so many chances to win this football game. And this offensive line, man, it's a problem. Um, it really is a problem. When you look at what this pit offensive line needs to do moving forward, they have to, and, and I mean this. I, I You look at how they lost um, in a lot of their pressures given up and when Slovis Patty got hit, a lot of it wasn't actually in individual losses. Now, there were a few, um, but a lot of it was miscommunication. Um, And that's concerning to me because you have to be able to pass off twists. You have to be able to read what's happening up front, away from you, with you, all of that. This is a concerning trend to me that Pitt's offensive line has not yet kind of battened down the hatches on stuff like that. A lot of them are just designed pressures, overloading pressures. Um, And Pitt has not been able to match that. And so I find that very concerning in a lot of ways for Pitt. Um, But when you actually look at this offensive line, there's so much rotation. I, I, I get it. They think they have like eight to nine guys that can play. But listen, offensive line rotations don't work. Even at swing tackle. They don't work. Don't rotate on the O-line. It's a really stupid move. Um, It it takes an offensive lineman out of his rhythm. It doesn't allow him to study what that player in front of him is doing more. It it doesn't make much sense because it is such a rhythm-based kind of feel-it-out position. I don't understand why you are rotating these guys either and you are rotating some guys in at right guard and then putting them at left guard and switching them around and switching their positions. Uh, It doesn't make much sense to me why they would do that either because it is so hard to even get one offensive line position down. This is one of the biggest misconceptions to me in football. Playing right guard and left guard is tough. And I mean that if you play right guard, you can't just flip the switch on and play left guard. It's not easy. If you can do that, you developed it over so much time. And so Pitt needs to just stick with five static guys. Select five starters and play them the whole game. That's what needs to happen. And in my opinion, those stars should be Carter Ward, Marcus Minor. Owen Drexel would be, but he's injured uh, now. So uh, if he's not, in, if he's injured going forward, I'd put Terrence Moore in there. See what the young fella has. Then you have Jake Cradle, and then I would probably start Branson Taylor. I've been impressed with Branson Taylor, man. It has didn't play as much as I thought he would last week because Solves has just struggled, unfortunately, which has really sucked because he was very, very encouraging before two years ago, um, especially in that Florida State game where he was clearing holes. But here's the thing: when you look at Pitt's offensive line, it's a lot of communication issues. Gonsalves is, is having issues getting beat up front. Cradle's trying to overcompensate to a degree um, on both sides. Uh, he does not look comfortable. The left side of the line looks fine. Um, I think that Minor and you know I don't, I'm not going to say Miner's been elite or even something of that sort, but I will say that um, I think he's been decent enough. I think Warren's played fine. Um, So, this pit offensive line has been an issue. And and I I absolutely parroted this as a strength coming into this year. There is absolutely no doubt that it has struggled. Um, And and that's really something you got to be a little worried about moving forward here because this offensive line should not be struggling. This is a veteran offensive line. And the worst thing of all is that it is those communication issues that are really hurting them. Why? Why is that the issue when you are a veteran offensive line? Uh, I think that that is especially concerning to me as a result of everything else you see around. So, in order for this team to go further, and what by further I mean, you know, they can go nine 3 10 and two, even with this offensive line. the The schedule does not inspire a lot of confidence, and many losses coming down the pike. But they have to be able to look. At this offensive line and pick out the best five and then the sixth that they want on that swing tackle side to be that sixth offensive line. And if they're going to run that and they need to stop rotating them, then they need to go with the guys they believe in. This offensive line has to get better, though. There's no doubt about that. These guys have not performed up to standard yet. Slovitz and Patty got rocked and rocked and rocked. And the running game was decent enough, but Izzy abandoned Canada did a lot of it with his hard work. And so this offensive line has to improve. I think the offense as a whole is improving. I think we can see that. I think they will as long as Keaton Slobos is back in there. But the offensive line is definitely an issue. And so a, a lot of it's communication issue, man. Some of it's hand usage, um, but a lot of it is communication issues. They got to be able to point things out. Understand where the blitzers are coming from. Get the least dangerous blitzer. Cause they because that's the thing, man. It, it's tough when you are are an offensive lineman and you have three blitzers coming off one side. Well, you gotta get the most dangerous guy, which is obviously the most inside guy. Let the guy coming off the edge go. Um, because that's what's gonna have to happen. And you, you gotta trust your quarterback to get hot. And Keaton Slowis is gonna have to get hot and he's gonna have to deal with pressure. And not, not take bad sacks like he did on that fourth down. Um, but he played well. Keaton Slowis played really well, in my opinion, on Saturday. Um, so I, I liked what I saw from Keaton Slowis. I thought he's, I saw a lot of growth in his pocket movement. I thought he was poised. I thought he stuck it out. Um, but he definitely has to learn to get the ball out a little bit quicker. And I think that's the one thing that could help the offensive line um, from the quarterback's perspective. Okay. So, moving forward, what in the world does Pitt do? Let's discuss this because it's a tough one. And Western Michigan and Rhode Island are their next two games, luckily. But first, folks, let's go to a quick break. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Lacks on Pitt podcast as we continue to discuss the loss to Tennessee and Obviously, the downfall from that with all the injuries, the quarterbacks with Patty and Slovis. It's a tough situation to be in if you're Pitt. Um, Really, it's a very tough position to be in for Pitt. Because you know that I don't think either of the quarterbacks are going to be healthy, healthy this week. Maybe Slovis clears the concussion protocol and can be ready to go. But... You have to be understanding that this group is injured right now, and there's a very real chance that you could see Derek Kyler and Nate Yornell start. Now, we'll talk about those guys in another episode. I want to specifically highlight those guys and what could potentially happen um, if one of those guys starts. But when you actually look at this pit team without them, here's the thing that you see from – this team, this pit team, the defense is improving and they are clearly talented in the secondary. This is a good secondary. Um, I'm convinced enough to know that there are good receivers on West Virginia. There are good receivers on Tennessee. Cedric Tillman, Bryce Ford Wheaton. You look at Sam James. You look at Ree Smith for West Virginia. You got Jalen Hyatt. Uh, you got Spru McCoy. You got a lot of different guys. And this secondary is good. Uh, they will obviously give up explosive plays because of the scheme that they play in. But this secondary can play. Uh, I, I think that I have really embraced that at this point. That these guys, man, these guys are, are solid. They especially MJ Devonshire. He and Cedric Tillman had a war on Saturday. And someone won a lot of those, but so did so did Devonshire. Devonshire looked really good. Um, I think Marquez Williams continues to play well. I liked what I saw from AJ Woods. Uh, I think the secondary is good. I think the safety is obviously Brandon Hill and Eric Hall. You can trust those guys anytime. So these guys, man, they're solid enough. Um, so i like the secondary. I think the D line needs a little bit more production. Um, that is the one thing. Now, they definitely did get after Hendon Hooker but they got to wrap up better and they have to really go and create more pressure. And and part of the reason why they aren't creating as much pressure to me, it just feels like that that, that the counters for this team aren't there. It's almost like they have figured out some of these stunts and everything. And some of these blitzes and and Pitt hasn't really countered those just yet. So I'd like to see that Um, when you look at Hababaldonato, for example, that has been a little bit of a disappointment. Um, why has Hababaldonano been pretty much dead silent uh, thus far in this year? Uh, that's a big thing to me. Now Penn only had one quarterback hit. Those were by that was by Habaldonano. Um three sacks. So yeah, they were cool enough in that area. Brandon George had a sack, David Green had a sack, cansey had a sack, Kalash Kansy's been fine. Um, but Pitt needs more out of this D-line, and it's not just, you know, needing more out of Habba, but none which they do need. Um, it's not just more about needing more out of a guy like that. Um, I think Kansi has been really good, so I'm not going to say they need more out of him. Um, it's always nice to get more out of Kansi, but you don't. John Morgan, again, looks pretty good to me. Uh, two, you had oh, almost two tackles for loss for him, but Kansi just beat him both times to it. Um, I thought David Green played a pretty nice game in that one as well. But they need more out of the non-Big Three. Um, if you consider the Big Three to be, at this point, Morgan, Haba, and Kansi, uh, they need more, man. They they really do. And they need more out of Deion Hayes. They need more out of Nate Temple. They need more out of Devin Daniels. They need more out of Tyler Bentley. They need more out of these guys. They need more out of the rotation players, the interior guys besides Cancy. Um, you just need more out of your rotation because there's a lot of rotation going on on this defensive line. And if you're not going to get anything out of these guys, at some point, I think you just have to call call it off. And it looks like Desmond Alexander will be back soon, so that's good news as well. He'll help. But you kind of just have to call it off at that point and stop rotating as much. And rotation's cool, and it's cool to be kind of deep. But if those guys that are getting – Reps at the bottom of the depth chart aren't producing. There's no point to your rotation. The rotation has to have purpose. Rotation is good to keep your guys fresh, but if it doesn't have a purpose and the guys aren't producing while your stars are off the field, that rotation is no good. It's actually quite honestly a net negative at that point. And that's something that the D line has to go through. But obviously, that to me is one of this team's quite honestly not not much of a concern at this point. You do need more out of them, but they've been pretty good still. So. That's the thing. Needing more out of them is like, are they going to live up to their top five billing? I don't think they have done that yet, but still a very good D-line. and They've played very well. So I think this defensive line has done nice. Um, and they were a big reason as to why this defense stepped up in that second half and shut down Hendon Hooker and company. Um, the linebackers are fine. Sarasi Dennis looked really good. I thought Brandon George had a great game. Uh, I thought that that was a big, big sign for this team moving forward. George is healthy, and he was phenomenal. I'm in this one. So I I really like Brandon George in this game. Bengali Kamara and Shane Simon still had their ups and downs. Um, I, I think that what we'll talk about this, the linebackers are an issue and it's specifically because of the type of scheme pit plays and what they have to be kind of into, into conflict with. So, yeah, um, I think that they are fine right now, but there is an issue with this linebackers and some of them, really aren't on them as much as they are on the scheme. Um so listen, this pit team, it's fine. The wide receivers need to step up on this team as well. Um they like to get Rodney Hammond back and all of that, but this pit team right now, there's a lot to work with. And I think that you clearly see on their schedule, man, they should be five and one heading into their bye week.
1: Quite honestly,
0: it is not crazy to me to look at this schedule, look down. They could lose to a team like North Carolina Syracuse, um, teams that look solid thus far that could be issues. They definitely could, could lose a game like that. But I think if they play to their best potential, they can go 10-1 and one and walk into Miami at 10-1. Um, So we'll see what ends up happening there. But I have no doubt in my mind that this Pitt team definitely has issues, but that they are on the right track and that they are improving day in and day out. And we'll talk more about the Western Michigan game moving forward later today, folks. But as always... Thanks for listening to Locked on Pitt. And as we end, as always, hail to Pitt.